Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest, but first, a quick chat about goal setting. Hey guys, Victor here. I'm here off the coast of France, and I want to talk to you for a moment about goal setting. You know, I set a goal back in December of 2017, that was almost two years ago now, to be sailing in the Mediterranean. And you know what? Here we are, October of 2019, and I'm sailing not the Mediterranean, but off the coast of France on the Atlantic coast. So you might call that a mess, but I'm pretty close. And so the question is, how did I do that? And I guess the way that I did it is by setting a goal. Setting a goal, not really knowing how I was gonna accomplish it, and deciding just to go for it. You probably have goals that you're trying to achieve as well and wondering why is it that another year has gone by and perhaps you haven't come close or perhaps that goal that you have for health or for business or family, maybe that goal hasn't quite been achieved yet. The question is why not? Is it because you didn't have the clarity that you needed to have that goal accomplished? Is it because you didn't have alignment of your values? Or is it because just life got in the way and you haven't figured out how to prevent life from getting in the way? All these things come come up. This is the game of life. You've only got one shot at this. And so don't let another year go by without having clarity of your goals and making a commitment to yourself, a commitment to your family to achieve those goals. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a massive audacious goal. We're all on our own journey and it doesn't matter what one person does or another person does. This is your life, this is your journey. You wanna make sure that you're living true to your values. So I'd like you to join me first week of December. We're gonna be spending three days together on the Mexican Riviera, a beautiful setting for us to focus on goal setting. It's so important to take that time away from the office, away from all the things that are distracting you. Make sure that you get in the space with like-minded individuals and take the time to really clarify your goals. Make sure you know what's important and say no to the things that are preventing you from achieving what's truly important to you. Look forward to seeing you then. Definitely find out more. Go to victorjm.com on the events page, victorjm.com events. I'd love to see you first weekend of December on the Mexican Riviera. We're going to spend three very intensive days together. It's hard work. It's not play. Figure out what your goals are. I look forward to seeing you then. We are back here on the weekend edition. We interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Annapolis, Maryland. Welcome to the show, Peter Conti. Hey, great to be here with all of you guys. So Peter, you've been investing in real estate for quite some time and you've got an interesting backstory. Why don't you tell the listeners who don't know you how you got into this world of real estate investing and some of the twists and turns along the way? Yeah, the way I got into it was I was working as an auto mechanic. Um, I came from a family with seven kids, so I didn't have the ability to go through college. And I kind of looked at the different options that were out there for me. And I, I realized that real estate was one pathway I could take that with the situation I was in would allow me to do, you know, do more with my life. I, I enjoyed being a mechanic, but I enjoy real estate deals so much more. There's another auto mechanic who's actually quite well known. I don't know if you knew this, that uh, Jim Rohn's business partner of 18 years, a guy by the name of Kyle Wilson, started out his career as an auto mechanic. I wasn't aware of that. Kyle's an amazing man. Awesome. And then from there. Yeah, I didn't have you know a whole lot of money when I first got started. So one of the first things I did is I would just start calling up property owners and 
ask them for some information about the property and I'd slip into the discussion at some point, would you consider possibly carrying back some of the financing? And that was the one, one method I started out with and originally started buying smaller apartment buildings that way with you know, owners carrying back the financing or leaving these existing financing in place, uh, later doing things like you know, master lease and creative techniques like that. I love that. And fast forward to today, what are you working on? Today, my life's changed a lot. I was injured um, in a motorcycle racing accident six years ago. Don't ask me what I was doing on a dirt bike in my 50s. I shouldn't have been doing it. <laughs> but I got injured and ended up selling my big uh, investing real estate education company to a partner. Took some time off, actually hiked the entire Appalachian Trail from Georgia all the way to Maine as part of rehabbing my, the nerve damage in my leg. Today, I'm mostly retired. I do a little bit of consulting with a handful of clients on commercial uh, property deals. And I I travel around the country visiting my kids and grandkids and occasionally doing a real estate deal here and there. Well, one of my business partners has written a book um, as part of the For Dummy series. Now, his is not widely sold as perhaps yours. His book is called How to Build Chicken Coops for Dummies. But you wrote How to invest in commercial real estate for dummies, correct? Yes, I'm co-author of that book along with Peter Harris. Tell us, how did you get into that particular For Dummies series? Becoming a For Dummies author is not an exercise for dummies at all. It's quite a difficult process as I understand it. Yeah, I had um, I'd written four or five other books and they actually approached me. So I should probably dig back and talk to my contact there at, at uh, Wiley and see uh, who it was that referred me to them. But they basically called me up and said, hey, we've heard good things about you. Would you be willing to write a, a dummies book? It was a blast. Writing a dummies book is the, the big difference is they want any one little section that someone reads to stand on, alone by itself. So you had to kind of break commercial real estate investing down in these little vignettes that would work just on their own, which is kind of hard to do. Of course, because there are a lot of moving parts and they're all interconnected. Right. Right. But a lot of, a lot of fun. I love it. So uh, for anyone that's listening to the show, if you're you know, thinking of getting started investing in commercial real estate, I guess the, the one big tip I could share with you based on my, my background experience is don't wait to get there someday. Don't, uh, don't think that you have to get perfect and polished and go out and raise millions of dollars to go out and start investing in commercial real estate. Find something, even if it's a smaller property nearby. And, you know, go and go and talk to an owner. You find an owner that's owned a property for a long time and they're tired of it. And you'd be surprised at the type of deals that you can put together. You know, one of the things we talk about different classes of investing, when you buy small properties, you often end up being not only the owner, you end up being the operator as well. What's been your experience as you grow from small to medium properties to larger projects? My experience has been that it's the larger projects that afford the skills that are necessary to put the proper management in place. So you transition from being that owner operator to something that's actually a true investment. Absolutely. And generally with apartments, we, we consider about a hundred units that turning point, although that's not hard and fast. I, I think for most people out there that if they do end up managing some property on their own for a while, it's a great learning experience. It gives you a much better skill at being able to manage your own property managers. You'll know better when someone's, you know, taking advantage of you or doing the books not correctly because you've been through and done all that yourself. So definitely a very healthy learning experience. Absolutely. Today, a lot of people talk about being in the fourth quarter of a market cycle, about properties being 
certainly very full priced, if not overpriced. And of course, every market is hyper local. What are you seeing in terms of opportunity for value add deals or new construction opportunities? Where does someone who's looking to acquire assets today, where do they look? Well, there's, you'd be surprised at, at what you can find. Um, you know, I think the mistake a lot of people make is they, they figure, well, I'll get started in commercial real estate and they contact a couple commercial brokers and they basically get all the different retail price deals to look at over the next month or so. And they come to the conclusion that there's just not anything worth buying out there. Uh, one of my clients in Northern California, we found a property, it was a bank property that they'd taken back about 10,000 square feet some office, some retail, and a restaurant. And it was empty except for the the previous owner who had been foreclosed on was still in there leasing from the bank. (laughs) You know, we looked at the numbers on the property and and figured, you know, absolute worst case, even if it rented out for maybe half of what the the going rents in the area were, that would be well worth buying it for $950,000. And we were able to not only get the price down, uh, eventually got it down to 810000 but we also found a, a money partner nearby who put up all the money to buy it and to fix it up. And I just talked to him just last week. He's got it most of the way leased up. He ran the numbers on it. It's now worth, in, in his estimation, at a six cap, uh, which might be a little aggressive, just over $2 million. So there's definitely deals out there. I mean, you've got to, you've got to look for them and know what you've got on the hook once you pull something in and take a look at it. I agree with that very strongly. I mean, one of the catchphrases that I use is you don't go find deals. You've got to go create them. You've got to manufacture them out of a concept. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And there's a, there's a lot of things that people are doing now that you know may be out of the reach of maybe someone who's first getting started investing, but we're starting to see apartment buildings changing where it's not just a bunch of apartments. They're having some co, co-living spaces that they're starting to do. I saw one uh, when I was out in Denver recently where they have units where there's an office in the front of the unit and the back is like a studio apartment. So, uh, you know, operators are getting very creative with what they're offering to the public out there. And in most cases, when you see what they're doing, they're getting a higher price per square foot than conventional operators would get. I'm anticipating, I think there's about to be a bloodbath uh, with WeWork uh, in particular. Uh, you know, they own 53 properties in Manhattan. When you look at the numbers, a walled office in Manhattan for $1,100 a month, uh, a desk dedicated for $750 a month, or a hot shared desk for $500 a month, those are attractive New York prices. And they're losing a lot of money. They're losing a ton of money, even on an operating basis. Since their IPO failed, unless SoftBank is going to be willing to pump billions more into that company, and I'm not sure that they will, I think the, the, the only path for that company at this point forward is bankruptcy. I don't know what your thoughts are, but should that happen, we're now talking about millions of square feet of commercial real estate that is in limbo in a very uncertain state, and that dislocation is going to create opportunity. Yeah, I think so. I, I saw an article not too long ago where they were talking about how the average price per square foot was actually being pushed down in areas near where WeWork was going in. I thought right. that was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that as well. And of course, it's not just a New York story. They're, they're all over. They're in California. They're in multiple markets. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's definitely some benefit there. I've, I've worked in a few co-working spaces over the years. In fact, most recently when I, when I was out in Denver, I officed in the WeWork there in uh, downtown Denver, rode my bicycle in and, and it was, you know, nice, fun place to work. I didn't end up really connecting with anyone else because I was busy working on a few projects. But I think the, the concept is valid. It's interesting, these, you know, these startups that go out and they're just losing billions of money and they're valued at such a high valuation. We, we've never been able to do that with real estate. Real estate is based upon the income it makes, not on the idea that someday your building is going to take over the world. Well, that's right. And it's kind of a, a Silicon Valley startup methodology in terms of valuation where you're, you're, you're essentially buying futures. And of course, I come from that world, so I understand it pretty well. And I actually feel much more comfortable in the world of real estate investing where things are valued on the basis of fundamentals, not just based, based on the potential of what it might do someday if all the planets align in the future. Right. And that, I think that was one of the reasons that I was drawn more to commercial than residential in the beginning when I got started investing. You look at a house and, and yes, you can get it down to sort of a semi-science and running comps and all that. But at that point in time, it seemed to me like the value of the house was based more on someone's emotions. And I liked how with commercial properties, you could look at the numbers and, you know, determine the net operating income and then figure out a value from there. It just, just seemed to make much more sense to me. And I felt much more comfortable going into a deal, knowing what I felt the property was worth as opposed to buying a house and you know, wondering what I might get for it when I resell it in a few in a year or two. Yeah, I, I resonate with that very strongly as well, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm I don't consider myself to be a real estate person. I consider myself to be more of a business person, and business is all about solving real problems that people are willing to spend money to solve. Residential real estate, like you said, is about emotion. It's about well, is this street a good street or that street a good street? It's not really tied to fundamentals. Whereas with commercial real estate, you're just solving a real business problem and right. based on fundamentals, things like supply and demand. And when you obey those rules and you solve a real business problem, then you make money. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, ha- what washes out of this whole WeWork thing. I, I, I think you're, you're probably on, the, on the, a good, good bet to go with your prediction that there's going to be some turmoil there. I think so. I, I do. And, you know, I, I never really consider myself to be one of these um, uh, crystal ball gazers, uh, guys to make predictions. But increasingly, I see these things happening in the marketplace. And I might talk about it on the podcast. And lo and behold, two, three weeks later, there it is. I read about it in the Wall Street Journal or read about it somewhere else. And it's like, wow, how was it that I could see that weeks before it happened? And it's not that I have any inside track. Yeah, well, you're, you're involved in the marketplace and, and uh, you're getting a different view than the average person is, that's for sure. So you have some things to offer our listeners, if I remember correctly? Yes. Uh, for the listeners of Real Estate Espresso, I'd like to give you a free copy of Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's available if you just go to petersfreebook.com. So Peter with an S, petersfreebook.com. And uh, you've got one, one with your name on it there waiting for you. Fantastic. And if folks want to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way? Uh, best way is just go to my website at realestate101.com and uh, you can c- connect with me through there. Fantastic. So for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Peter at realestate101.com or and download the free book at petersfreebook.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.